You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. We'll talk about a couple of your former teams. Let's stay in the NFC. Chris, I was, I'm was i surprised at the no-show that Dallas had today. And next week uh, against Tampa, I mean, neither one of these teams are playing really good right now. What, what, what do you see? Uh, one team has Tom Brady and the other one doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple for me. Oh, dear. I mean, Tom Brady has completed, what is it, Larry? This will be his 20th year as a starter in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Now, the previous 19, of the previous 19, Larry, he's only been one and done in the wild card round three times. That's it, three. So, if I had to bet it, I'm going to go with Tom Brady, especially with him finding that connection with Mike Evans of late. I go back to that Carolina Panthers game at the side of the NFC South Division in week 17. And in the fourth quarter, Tom Brady and Mike Evans lit him up. Tom Brady was 12 for 13 for 166 yards and two touchdowns. And Mike Evans was four for four in that, in, for 100 yards in that quarter. If they can keep that connection rolling and Byron Leftwich sprinkle in a little bit of the up-tempo, no-huddle offense, I think they can do some things to create some problems for the Dallas Cowboys. And then on the flip side, the Cowboys create enough problems in and of themselves. Yeah. Larry, the turnovers from Dak Prescott, I, I mean, I keep waiting for him to stop, and we don't know when that's going to happen. Dak Prescott, again, another turnover. This one was a house call against the Washington Commanders, Larry. You're talking about 15 turnovers, turnovers, since he came back. Since he came back off of that injury, I want to say it was week seven, 15 turnovers. That's just turning the ball over entirely too much. So I, that's the one thing that I want to see from Dak Prescott is cutting down on the turnovers and, and being better in that regard. Uh, if he does, I think the Cowboys can make it a game. Um, they also have to eliminate the penalties. Uh, and Mike McCarthy has to do a better job with overall game management. So if I'm looking at the two teams, I think the Cowboys have a lot more show and prove in terms of being able to execute in these situations when it's winner go home. Chris, your other former team, Baltimore Ravens, are going against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is a very talented offense. I mean, Joe Burrow is an excellent quarterback. Um, I'm very curious now. Obviously, a lot's going to depend on, you know, Lamar Jackson's availability. But talk to me what Baltimore can do defensively because that, you know, it's the AFC North battle. It's it's physical. Uh, Baltimore, and like Pittsburgh, loves that physicality. Can Baltimore bring the physicality to make it tough for Cincinnati to move the football up and down the field? Uh, Larry, the short answer is no. Mm-hmm. I, 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 could, I could give you this, this eloquent soliloquy. <laughs> I, I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste the audience time. What this is going to come down to is Lamar Jackson being available. Mm-hmm. And this is a tricky situation because we know he's going into true free agency this offseason. He's a quarterback that relies on his legs as well as his arm. He had a PCL injury against the Denver Broncos back in week 13. I, I, I don't know that Lamar puts it on the line without having the long-term financial security and being so close to getting a bag. I don't know that he does that in this situation. I think that's the source of frustration from John Harbaugh. That's why it looks like he's adding a couple of wrinkles every time he steps in front of a podium and does an interview. Um, But if the Ravens don't have Lamar Jackson, they have no shot because not only is the offense built around Lamar, this entire team is built around Lamar. They built the defense 
that would complement the strengths of the offense, which are the running game and the passing game in between numbers, particularly to the tight end. So I, I don't know that the Ravens have a chance to be successful without Lamar. I mean, since Lamar got hurt in week 13 against the Denver Broncos, the point output for the offense, Larry, game by game, 10 points against the Broncos, 16 points against the Steelers, three points against the Browns, 17 points against the Falcons, 13 points against the Steelers, and then today, 16 points against the Bengals. I just don't think that they're going to be capable of beating the Cincinnati Bengals if they can't get out of the teams as far as scoring goes. So, you know, I, 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 you know, talking about what their defense is capable of is a moot point because you got to be able to score points to win in this league the way that the game is played today. So I, I just I don't see the Ravens being able to pull that off without Lamar. Last thing, Chris, and that's a perfect segue. I just want to get your thoughts from the defensive side. What do you see with Zach Wilson? Is he fixable? Obviously, his confidence is shot. No, it's what, over. what are you saying? It's over for him. It's, it's over for him, there. It's over for him in New York. It ain't going to happen. And Woody Johnson can push forward as much as he wants because he has a relationship with Zach Wilson's family. It don't matter. It don't matter. The kid's confidence is done. All you needed to know that in a game that is meaningless as far as the Jets' playoffs hopes are concerned, they felt that they had to start Joe Flacco over Zach Wilson. Again, this ain't about a talent issue with Zach Wilson. It's not about a talent issue. This is about a sports character issue. This is about his mental makeup. This is about what's in his chest. And, Larry, I had the privilege of talking to Sal Palantonio about this on Friday on my show, Kenny and Carlin, 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. ESPN Radio and ESPN app. Shameless plug there. But when I talk to Sal Powell, Larry, we know how long Sal Powell has been covering the NFL. Decades. Decades he's been covering the NFL. And I asked Sal Powell specifically, have you seen a quarterback that was the second overall pick in year two be a healthy scratch, his teammates show up to a game wearing T-shirts promoting the backup quarterback, and then in a situation like we're in in week 18, with the team seemingly having nothing to play for other than pride, the franchise was afraid to start him and went with Joe Flacco, a player that's got an eye toward being retired and working in the media. Southhouse said he'd never seen it before. Larry, this is, this is uh, and I don't want to be doom and gloom for Jets fans, but this is unprecedented. We've never seen something like this before. This guy is the second overall pick in his second season, and the team is afraid to play him when he needs to play and get better. He needs the reps to actually improve, to understand how to operate an offense, to understand what he's looking at when he's at the scrimmage facing an NFL defense. And the team is afraid to put him out there and play. And when asked, Rob Sala said, we're going to stick with this guy through hella high water, then asked Rob what he needs to do this offseason. He said, he needs to read a book. He needs to find himself. I think what Rob Sala was intimating is Zach Wilson needs to figure out how important football is to him. Because right now it doesn't feel like it's that important to him to the point where he prepares like an NFL quarterback should prepare to the point where he approaches the job like an NFL quarterback should. should. There's a level of professionalism that you have to have with being an NFL quarterback. You're the de facto CEO of a billion-dollar organization. Zach Wilson has not conducted himself as such. 
And so moving forward, I just don't see how he gets that turned around in New York. I think Zach needs a fresh start. Um, I can understand why the franchise is reluctant to move off of him because of what they've invested in him. But for all of the things that Joe Douglas has done right with this franchise in terms of talent acquisition, this is the biggest one that he missed on. Because Zach Wilson made that dude. I, I just think about this, Larry, how much different would the Jets season look if they had Justin Fields as opposed to Zach Wilson? Strong statement. That's what you hear Monday through Friday with Chris Chris Carlin along with uh, Chris Canty. It's Carlin. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio 3 to 7. Chris, my friend, enjoy the games next week. We'll talk soon. Thanks for a couple of minutes. All right, Larry. All right, Larry. Have a good one. All right. Appreciate you. Chris Carlin and Chris Canty. They're really good. When we return, we'll get your thoughts on what uh, Canty had to say, and we'll continue the conversation. Jets and Giant calls until 9 o'clock on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. It's The Drive on 98.7 ESPN. We'll keep an eye on it, and I know uh, Pat O'Keefe will do as well when he follows me at 9 o'clock on the Green Bay-Detroit score because uh, if Green Bay wins, they are the seventh seed. If Detroit finds a way to beat the Packers, then Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks will be headed to the postseason, and that will be some season for him. It's some season for Geno Smith anyway, regardless. But for him to be able to, you know, re reinvent himself and get this Seattle team to the postseason, when everybody just felt like, oh boy, what a what a bad move. They're gonna let Geno Smith they give away Russell Wilson. They trade him with well, they give him away, they send a bunch of draft picks. They received a bunch of draft picks, but you give away Russell Wilson to Denver and then Seattle has Geno Smith. And Geno has played well in the backup role, but he's now the starter going from beginning to end. It's like, I don't know about that move. Well, they have a possibility of getting to the postseason. Denver, of course, no shot. And you don't know what's going to happen in Denver because, you know, they they fired their head coach. They fired their special teams coach. Um, so, you know, there's going to be some adjust, there's going to be some adjustments there. As a matter of fact, it's unfortunate, but all the coaches, well, most, many of the coaches in the NFL now are afraid to pick up their cell phones because black Monday means you will see a number of coaches fired right away. And the one that's real interesting to me, real interesting to me is what's going on with the Rams in L.A., that there is, Shefty was talking about the possibility that he might not be back. I mean, what, a year off a Super Bowl? (laughs) Really? Like, that's amazing to me. But there's going to be a lot of coaching carousels. You got the Chicago Bears. We're going to have the number one pick. They're on the clock already. First time they've had the number one pick in the draft since 1947. What? That's a long time. And then, of course, you know, so that's going to be one thing. And um, But on a positive note, the New York Giants are set. They will be in Minnesota next weekend for a rematch against the Vikings. And I'll give you my thoughts on that game next. You're listening to The Drive on 98.7 ESPN.
You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN. And boy, if you're a Giant fan, you are ecstatic. You had no clue. This is, you talk about a surprising season. You talk about just being overjoyed. Not only were you playing meaningful games in December, you're playing meaningful games in January in the postseason. And you're facing on paper, on paper, because anything can happen. You, you know, it's one game. It's not a series. So anything can happen. But I think Chris Canty broke it down very well. If you didn't turn over the football, you would have beaten them in the regular season. Even with making two blunders, they needed a 61-yard field goal to beat you. And Minnesota is, listen, you don't take anything away from them. They have the record. They perform well. They found ways to win. They may have a, well, the numbers may be negative. They have a negative, as, as Chris mentioned, they have a negative point differential. But they still found a way to win, which means their defense may have come up big. It means their offense found a way to to get points. It means that the, the you know, the, the Jefferson kid, a wide receiver, is unbelievable. And, you know, they're, they're going to make it tough. But the other thing you know about this is that they keep you in the game. That Kirk Cousins is a turnover away from keeping you in a game and killing his offense. And if the Giants continue to play the way they've played, which is smart football offensively, Daniel Jones not turning the football over, taking what the defense gives him, running the football when necessary. Saquon Barkley running the football, catching the football, and him sprinkling him being Daniel Jones, sprinkling receivers out there like Cager, who's been who's done a nice job for them. James, who's done a nice job for them. Okay, other players who were not even on this team, but have found ways to make plays in key moments. They can beat this Minnesota team and move on. There's no question in my mind that they can come back and beat this Minnesota team. They can. And so, and defensively, I have confidence that Wink Martindale can find a way to scheme Jefferson, to scheme Jefferson's impact on this game to be minimal. It's going to take him a while. (laughs) And as he said before the regular matchup, regular season matchup, he, he keeps you awake at night, and he does. And it's because the pressure he puts is not only on his performance, but because you have to watch him and defend him, how he opens it up for other players. But it's just a matter of you continually to pressure Kirk Cousins. And I have no doubt that that's what Wink Martindale will do next week and do that job to get the pressure. 
All right, so let's get you caught up on your uh, AFC and NFC playoff picture as we have it right now. The AFC is done. Kansas City gets the bye. Buffalo, the two seed, faces Miami, the seventh seed. Cincinnati, the three seed, will face Baltimore, the sixth seed. And Jacksonville, the fourth seed, will face the Los Angeles Chargers, the fifth seed. Two young quarterbacks in that one, right? Then in the NFC, Philadelphia has to buy. Frisco will either face Green Bay if they win tonight. If Green Bay loses, they'll face Seattle. Minnesota against the Giants, as I just mentioned. And Tampa Bay against Dallas. And I really feel bad for Ray Santiago tomorrow morning. You know, who, along with R.J. Santillo, produces our morning show. D.P.H. on Rothenberg from 6 to 10. Hello, company. Hello, family. He's not going to be in a good mood tomorrow morning. It's not that. It's not only that they lost. It's how they lost. Let's go! Oh, they're going to be all over him. Play red! <laughs> oh, it's going to be all over him. It's going to be all over him. Poor Ray. Ray, not going to be a happy move tomorrow morning. Not going to be. And you wonder, Todd Bowles setting up some schemes and certain things that he can do defensively. I mean, Dak Prescott just does not see the field right now. He is killing this team with turnovers. Killing them. He's killing them. I mean, it's it's just, it's 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 bad. And so you, you've got a Tampa Bay team that has not played well. I mean, let's face it, they haven't. But it seems as though the offensive line is rounding itself into shape a little bit, giving Tom Brady a little bit more time. So, I mean, and he seemed to have, as Chris Canty mentioned, he seems to have been reunited with Mike Evans, who's been up and down with some injuries and things. And Brady hasn't been Brady this year. I mean, let's face it. But he can recover enough <laughs> to win a game or two. And ah, that's that that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Dallas really surprised that Dallas went into the end of the season the way they did. Really, really. That that's not a good look. It's not a good look for them at all. One eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. Let's take your phone calls. Vince is in Brooklyn. Vince, you are next on ninety eight seven ESPN. Larry, thank you for taking my call. You got it, Vince. What's up, my friend? Uh, my 987 Kiss FM. I remember from back in the day. Listen, um, uh, I, I, I just can't get over it. Every time I hear that 987, I, I, well, I, I can't even say yes, and I, I, it Kiss FM comes in my head. Listen, mm-hmm. the deal is, right, you made a point that they can beat uh, Minnesota next mm-hmm. weekend, all right? But what happens after that when they go to play the Eagles again? Well, that's a different story, Vince, because it's a different level. Uh, it, it's a little different. Thanks for the phone call. Um, so I, I don't know. But once again, I'll tell you, anything can happen in one game. But it would be a totally different matchup because of the different weapons that Philly has. I think they're a little better defensively than Minnesota. And I also think that Jalen Hurts is a triple threat. You know, he can run. He can throw. He can extend plays. He, he, makes, he, he makes things different. Okay, and he's got great receivers. So, you know, whoever faces the Eagles are going to have an issue. Whoever faces them. This is a team that, that, that I think has a very, very good shot to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. They do. They have a really good shot. Offensive line plays well. 
as I mentioned, Jalen Hurts is taking that next step. He's a guy that extends plays. He's a guy that, that throws with confidence, has done a yeoman's job in, in understanding what he needed to work on and improved it, and now can throw and complete passes on the run. Before, he was a one-dimensional guy. Oh, we'll, 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 we'll keep him contained. You still have to keep him contained, but he's not going to throw to beat you. Oh, he can throw to beat you now. And as I mentioned, the defense is solid. It's physical. It's good. So, listen, the Giants will, will take that. They'll, they'll worry about that when they get to it. But right now, all they're focused on is going to my Minnesota on a business trip. I've been to a lot of locker rooms in the playoffs. I know how this goes. They're going to go back to, <laughs> they're going to go back to Minnesota on a business trip, and they're going to go out and try to finish their business and put Minnesota out of business. And listen, I, while I think the Giants can do it, it's not like it's going to be easy because Minnesota understands, having played against the Giants, what they have to do to beat this team. And so it is the adjustments that you have to make from what you see on video. How are you going to attack this Giants defense? What are you going to do to make sure that you minimize the damage Daniel Jones does when he runs the football? You kind of want to make him a thrower, don't you? You kind of want to put him, if I were Minnesota's defense, I don't want him running the ball up and down the field extending plays. I mean, he runs very well. And, he t- and he, he's a big guy. He's not easy to bring down. So if I'm Minnesota, I'm trying, to for- I'm trying to put a bunch of people in the box, make him beat me on the air, see if he can throw. If he can throw and beat me, okay, I tip my cap. But I got to give him different looks. And I got to put some pressure on him too. I can't let him sit back there and decide what he wants to do whether he wants to run, whether he wants to pass. I can't let him sit back there and do that. So these are the things that, um, you know, that we'll find out and we'll learn more about as we get toward the countdown to wild card weekend, which is, oh, if you're a football fan, it doesn't get any better. Green Bay just stopped on fourth and inches. They're up 3 nothing in the first. Win, and they're in. 1-800-919-3776. Speaking of football, oh, boy, it's that time. Yep, it's the 98.7 ESPN Super Box Bonanza 2023. We're giving away, get this, over $35,000 in cash and prizes, including a grand prize of $2,000 and a trip to Bimini in the Bahamas. Starting tomorrow, get your boxes for the big game by listening to DPH and Rothenberg from 6 to 10 a.m., Barton and Han from noon to 3, and of course, the Michael K Show from 3 to 7 p.m. Now, this year, we've made every box a super box with over 100 prizes, including solo stoves, Beats headphones, Billy Joel tickets, Amex gift cards, and much, much more. It's all brought to you by our friends at Bartesian Premium Home Cocktail Makers, Slomans, Resort World Binami in the Bahamas, PC Richard and Son, the Grand Marnier, an award-winning blend of fine cognac and orange liqueur, and of course, 98.7 ESPN New York. For full contest details, go to ESPNNewYork.com. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN New York. You're listening to The Drive with Larry Hardesty on 98.7 ESPN.